We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? A bonus episode, Talk About Flow podcast. This is our fourth in a series of six Buffalo Bills mock drafts. We're doing them every Wednesday leading up to the NFL draft in a few weeks. And as always, I got my friend, and I want to emphasize that word too, friend, not just a podcaster from Cover One, but also a friend, Aaron Quinn. Because I'll tell you what, man, I got to give you some props. We are, Aaron bent over backwards to be able to get this taping in for me late on Monday night. I'm getting ready to actually travel to Buffalo and I needed to get this show taped real late on a Monday night. So Aaron's at home. He's got two very young kids that he has to take care of and get his ass up in the morning with them right now. So he's up real late taping this so we can get it in and kind of keep that consistency going because I didn't want to have to have someone else on who really didn't know anything about the first three that we did. But anyway, what's going on, bro? How you doing, man? And thank you. No, no problem, man. I was part of the problem too, though, because I was unwilling to do the other nights this week with the travel that my wife's having to do for her work and stuff like that. So that's life, man, when... Sometimes the schedules don't match up. Podcasts are hard. Luckily for us, Greg takes care of all that stuff on Cover One Buffalo. He takes care of scheduling everybody. It just tells me where to be and when, and I just show up. So uh, sorry for being a pain in the ass to you, because I enjoy doing this, man. This is one of the things I look forward to every week. So I'm, I'm glad we got it to work. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I had a conversation with the guys on the Rock Power Report. I, I did their show it was a, about the NFL draft series, and we were talking about the the series that you and I are doing with this. And I didn't realize it at first when we started doing this, it's actually become a little bit, I knew it was going to be entertaining and I knew fans would like, you know, listening to who we're talking about in terms of players, but I'm, I'm actually starting to learn a little bit about this process from doing a handful of these. And let me start there as we get ready to, and we're going to jump into it really quick today, but like, what is the biggest thing that you've learned so far from me? I feel like 
and I think we really learned this last week, is defensive end is a position that I think if the Bills really want to get in the first round, and neither of us know if they have any interest in getting a guy in the first round or not, but if they do, I'm starting to realize that I think they're going to have to trade up if a defensive end is a is the guy they covet because we got burned last week, man. We got burned last week. There were two or three guys there with about four or five picks left. We thought we'd be good and we'd get at least one of them. And they were all gone. And we ended up taking a wide receiver, which I don't think either of us spent two seconds thinking about realistically until it actually happened last week. Yeah, no, I agree that you might have to trade up to get that guy. The problem I'm falling into at this point of doing mocks, right? Where I've been at it now for six weeks straight of doing different mocks and we do a mock on our show and I do mocks with you and all the random ones I don't even post. The grades are probably better than the average fans. I trust like guys like the draft network. I trust a lot of the guys at PFF that are putting these boards and stuff together, but these boards aren't going to fall these ways either so one thing that i'm it's almost like a analysis paralysis like i'm I'm doing so many mock drafts that i'm starting to change some of my opinion of what's going to be available based on how mock drafts are going when in reality that's just a simulation it's a it's guesswork it's based on these other guys boards not nfl team boards or what information they've got internally so a lot of the stuff isn't even going to shake out so it's it i'm falling into the trap of loving guys that are there for me and hating that edges aren't there lately because their boards change and now edge isn't there. I don't know if it's going to be there or not, but I think what it does tell us is maybe we don't have to trade up, but the options are pretty limited that if we miss in the first round that you're probably going to get more of a developmental guy than not a guy that's going to contribute early in 2021. If you want a guy to contribute early in 2021, you got to get him early and that it might require a trade up depending how that board falls. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I starting to come to, I don't want to say grips because if I say that, it makes it sound like I have no interest in one. I'm starting to come to a reality that I think there is an increased chance that one of two positions are going to be the Bills first pick, whether it's at 30 or even a, a slight move up. One of them's corner. And the other one is a, a, a position that you kind of, you've hammered it every episode that we've done this. And frankly, I haven't really given it much thought, but I'm really coming around to the possibility of a guard. Mm. I think those are two positions where it's not, we've talked about this, Feliciano and Ford and Levi Wallace, they are well-established floors. Yeah. You get a guy at 30 or 26 or something like that, and I think that those guys come in and start at day one. You could get a defensive end at 30. You could get a defensive end at 25. I don't think he's going to come in and start from day one. He'll be a rotational guy right away because the defensive right. line operates different. So. Yeah, th- that's kind of what I'm, I'm coming to grips with. One guy that we got in the second round, now you were talking about rankings and how they really don't mean all that much right now, and you're right. I mean, nobody nobody knows except NFL war rooms, obviously. Right. Landon Dickerson, we got in the second round of our first mock at pick 61. I'm willing to bet anyone who's listening to this podcast right now, anything they want to bet, I'd be willing to bet he's not there anywhere near 61. I don't think it will be. Here's one thing I want to preface too that we haven't really talked about a lot because uh, Caleb Fairley is a good point for this. Dickerson's another good point for this. When I do a mock drafts, I'm assuming that the medicals are checking out. Like I'm going to, I don't have the medicals, so I'm going under the assumption that they're fine with NFL teams. NFL teams are expecting this guy to play if they're going to draft him in the first few rounds. So I'm assuming that because year in and year out, we have seen good players fall in drafts because of knee issues or some injury in college and they go in the NFL and they're fine. Miles Jack 
is one. Uh, the, um, my name is Jalen Smith uh, from the Cowboys yep. is another one. These guys were probably going to be top 10 picks without injuries. They fall. They're fine. It happens all the time. ACLs are a bad injury. Guys recover from ACLs better than ever. Uh, it happens constantly. And there's no indication that he's necessarily going to continue to have injuries as an offensive lineman. So when I, if I'm picking that pick, I'm under the assumption that the Bills medical staff's cool with it until I see or hear something on Twitter that it's really worse and that he's really going to fall. I think it's a valuable pick there. But yeah, no, I don't think guys like that are going to be there. And I really think there's going to be a run on corners. What you said about edge, if you want to get one of those top corners, uh, I think you're going to have to move up to get him. And I think I would even say a place where a lot of boards are wrong. I think Asante Samuel Jr. is a guy that maybe at 30 or having to move up to get if, if that's a guy you want, where a lot of these boards have him in the 60s. So right. you might be able to get in the second round. I think on draft night, you're going to see runs on positions. It might be edge. It might be cornerback. But one position is going to run in that first round in those 20s. And if the Bills don't strike, they're going to be sitting in that place at 30 and saying, well, do we take Stokes or do we wait it out for Melifonwu? you know, at pick 60 or whatever, you know, or trade back up in the second round to get the other guy. I think then you start to weigh some of those options if runs happen at those positions. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, a couple of these guys, and you mentioned another one, Samuel, I can see the Bills taking him at 30. And I wouldn't some be people, mad about it. Some, me neither. And some people might look at it and say, well, the Draft Network or CBS Sports only has him ranked at 48. That really, it's it's entertaining and it's informative and it, it is helpful but at the end of the day, it doesn't end up meaning anything. One more thing. And if you want to get it, because people know the process by now. On our side, yeah. I was going to say, if you're all set up and you want to at least get the process ready to get started, I, I just want to point out one more quick thing yeah, yeah. here. Yep. A lot of people, for an example, let's take uh, Jalen Phillips, the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. Bills fans want to get him. Bills fans accept that they're going to have to move up for him. Bills fans will say, let's uh, move up to 18 or 19 for him. Here's the problem, folks. And now the draft network might make an offer that's not very realistic. Now, I know that the draft value chart, and we referenced this a few times last week, it's outdated, but it's not like useless. And I did, sure. a, little bit of, I did a little bit of math and a little bit of homework for this episode. If the Bills want to move up, and if the goal is this, Aaron, if they don't want to give up their first next year, or you don't want them to give up their second this year, the first and the third that they have right now, would move you up to a maximum of 23. 23 or 24, giving up your first and your third this year. If you want to add that fifth, first, third, and a fifth, they got two this year, the first fifth, that should get you up to about 22, maybe 21. Maybe if like a Caleb Farley is falling because of, put it this way, if he's falling that far, I'm concerned about him because he's too good to be down or get drafted that late. That starts to worry you. But anyway, I don't, I don't want to get off topic here. Now, if there's a guy that they love and they're willing to give up their first or, or second this year, that would get them to around 17. So even if the Bills gave up 30 in next year's first, that would only get them, if you go by the draft value chart, to about 17. So anything under 17 or higher, drafting higher than 17, man, you're talking about a boatload to move up to 30. Yeah, you're only doing that where the Bills don't need, which is to go get a quarterback, right? You're, you're trying to mortgage the future to make sure you get the one that you're looking at i don't think I, pitts is really good the tight end out of florida he's really i think he's going to have a fantastic career not in buffalo like buffalo is not going to come up 
and mortgage the future over a tight end. That's just not what you do. So, but I think, I don't think they'll get up as high as 17. I think getting into those low 20s is probably a reasonable move to make sure you get either edge or cornerback that you want. We've seen it play out a number of times in these mocks, and I think that it's reasonable to think that some of the teams ahead of the Bills in those 20s are looking at the same positions, right? We know Green Bay's probably looking at edge and cornerback. Tennessee's probably looking at cornerback. Like, There's a lot of these guys. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah these are all teams, and it's a, it is a premier position. Everybody needs them. So if you want to get the guy, you might have to move up there. But we'll let's see how it plays out tonight because every time I do it, it's playing out differently. And like you said, we don't know – how this stuff's going to go come draft night. But I do, I am getting a little analysis paralysis. Like, you know, we were saying about these mock drafts, because like you alluded to, I'm just making trades left and right. I made a bunch of trades the other day in a mock and ended up with five picks, one right outside of the top hundred. And I just mortgaged some of my future. I don't know if that's actual values. I don't know what algorithms the draft network uses to make sure their trades line up with any reality. I know some of the ones that get proposed to me don't make any sense. And I, and I just close the window real quick. You know what I mean? So right. we could see what it's like. Are we doing trades tonight? Are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. Them? I mean, okay. they're on the table for you if you want to do them. So let's get it started again. We'll kind of go through the same process, go through a certain amount of picks. I would say since you and I both agree that the earliest the bills are going to make any trades, the earliest I would say is the low twenties. I don't see, is there a player out? Well, you know what? There is one player out there. So forget I said that. Let's go to about pick 15 or 16. Yeah. And then I'll ask you if the guy's out there. But let's let's go to 15 or 16. Because again, even if you get to 17 where Vegas is, by the draft value chart, you're giving up your first and your second to go get them. So let, let's, let's get it started. Okay, we got to, oh shoot. Sometimes the pause is a little slow. So yeah, it actually went, ended up going up to 22. It's going again, so gun pause okay sorry we're at 25 so we might not even get to trade up sometimes when you hit it it does not always that's okay pause right away so anyways um if we would have stopped at 18th Olajelari is uh who would probably be trading up for at this point in that draft ended up going to miami at uh 18 i had a guy i had a guy that you've talked to or talked about i should say a lot on this podcast that i said in my mind this is a dominant day one starter. Right. Elijah Bear Tucker is probably who you're talking about, isn't it? Where did he go? He went 14. And that's, he's been the guy that I target for one of those like, hey, let's get a little crazy, right? And move up and, and go attack a position. I would do it for him. But honestly, he never falls in that window for me. Very rarely uh, does a draft fall in the window where he is beyond the Raiders. And so that's a hard one. I never really see him getting past the Cardinals. And so to move up ahead of them would be one trading with the Patriots, which I don't think you're going to get to do in two, too rich probably for that. Agreed. Agreed. I like him. I want him, but yeah, the, 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 the price of poker is too much to get to 14. Anyway, you're giving up a lot. So we're at 25, which actually I think is a good spot. Maybe Jacksonville's pick here uh, at 25 is probably pretty good spot for the bills to move up. It's only moving up five spots. You would be jumping Cleveland, say, you know, I know Cleveland's in on Clowney, but that doesn't necessarily prevent them from taking an edge in this draft. They're, they're still a target. Baltimore, like we just said, is probably a target for an edge. I can see the Saints in Green Bay. So you got chances for your guys to fall off the board. Right now, Quiddy Pay is sitting there. He's the third-ranked player on the uh, board for uh, the draft network here. 
Jason Uwa from Penn State sitting there. He's the 31st ranked player. So still for for them, at least considering in reach, I think a lot of Bills fans are liking him at 30. I, I still don't. I still don't know that I like him at 30, but he's there. So that's it for Edge right now uh, as I'm scrolling through. Yeah, that's it. If you want to go up and get pay, now's the time, in my opinion. I agree. And based on having three straight mocks where we kind of came in with the same strategy and literally whiffed all three times. Now, do you get, I, I forgot how this works. So you you propose to trade to them yep. to yep. 25. They, they accept it or, or reject it or tell you the price. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they'll go, it'll kind of load and they'll tell you, it gives you a little bar to indicate you if you're even close, like how likely it is that this is going to be an accepted trade or not. But real quick, before we do that, I do want to just check out cornerback just for people that are listening sure. and want to know if we are going to make this trade to move up for pay. Caleb Farley is still on the board. Stokes, Calvin Joseph, Asante Samuel Jr. are all still on the board. Uh, if this board plays out, Asante Samuel Jr. will be, he's the 60th ranked prospect. So there's a chance that he makes it to your next pick. I, I don't see it a lot. Um, and, and so then we're probably banking on hoping to get Melifonwu with that second pick. So um, that's where that is. I don't know if there's any other positions you want to check before we try to make a deal or anything. No, because the only guy worth trading up for on the interior line would have definitely been uh, Tucker in it. And that didn't end up happening. I like the corners that you said a lot. Yeah. But I feel better about taking my chances in round two or being, and I'm using air quotes here, people can't see him, stuck with Levi Wallace for another year as your starter because at some point your corner would be a developmental guy if he's not taken high enough. Sure. I, we don't I, know I Dane back. Jackson. Jane, Dane Jackson could take a leap this year. We don't know that. Absolutely. Uh, Quiddy pays a guy I like, and I'd like to know what the cost is. I, I would like to go up and get him. We have... We've not had any success. Before I make that trade, remind me around where the Bills would be picking at 30 to take a look because uh, I do think that if they stay at 30, one thing that we should talk about, you're talking about interior line, is Dickerson available there. I don't think he will be. But I think a reasonable conversation to start having is White Davis. Uh, He's their 45th ranked player here for the draft network, so that might be rich for some people. But I think it's kind of in the same mold as Dickerson in the sense that he can come in and probably start this year uh, in the interior line. So that's another guy to maybe consider if they were going to stay. So we'll see where those guys fall. So let me make a trade offer here. Uh, So we're looking to trade for the Jacksonville Jaguars 25th pick. So what are we giving up here, Pat? We are. Well, if we're going to be, let's be, let's be realistic here. You want to give up the third round? Is that where you're saying? It would go according to the draft value chart. If the bills were to go up to, if they gave up their first and their third, that would get them up to pick 23 or 24. Um, what about this the, is... first, the first and two fists? A fir- no, that wouldn't be enough. A first and both fists, value-wise, only gets you up to pick 28. So that's not really that close. So I'm clicking around here for a second. Uh, so I've, I've got their pick selected, my pick selected. If I pick a third, it says it's very unlikely that they're going to accept this trade for me. A first and a third, uh, for a really? first and a third. If I add two fifths, same thing. Um, what about a first, a third, and a fifth? I got, because again, draft value-wise, a third, nope. a first, a third, and a fifth should get you at about 22, 21. No? They are not. Then we got to pass them, man. Very unlikely. So, uh, yeah, I will tell you what, even a first and a second doesn't move it for them here. Well, they, they, don't want it. they don't want to trade with the Buffalo Bills, and I would never yeah. give up a first and a second to move up five spots. For a guy who's probably going to be the third defensive end as a rookie, 
no way man and this is hard right this is the hard part about these mock draft scenarios i don't know what those conversations between gms are like i don't even know really what draft values are because it is sort of there's variables to this stuff and teams take things that are overvalued and undervalued all the time so i'm not going to say it's unrealistic but it's unrealistic for us tonight and i think we should we may it's hard to do like pause in between picks but i could try here over the next five to see if we can find another spot if there's one you're thinking yeah, let's try it. But we're not going to make that trade with Jacksonville, obviously. So Jacksonville took Kadarius Tony. Really? That's a gift. So that's a gift. And Cleveland took Quiddy Pay. Uh, so a scenario, the exact scenario where we said they need a edge. Uh, Terrence Marshall went off. So I think we just ride out to 30 at yeah, this point. I, 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 I'm thinking the same thing now. Which becomes an interesting discussion between two positions we've been talking about tonight. There's two trade offers, it looks like, um, for the 30th pick. So it's, it's an inter- interesting scenario we haven't done here. Uh, Absolutely. You, you have the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So they are offering their second, which is the 33rd pick, and the, the 2021 second, and their 2021 seventh, which is the 249th pick. So they're offering you a second and a seventh for uh, your first round pick. I don't think that's a great deal. They're offering their second pick, which is what? 33rd. So you're only moving back three spots. Three spots. And a a seventh, and you're picking up a seventh. And a second rounder next year, though, right? In 2022? Nope. No, just the the second rounder this year and a seventh. They're giving giving you a seventh to move back. Hell no. Nope. And so what San Francisco is offering you is a 2021 second, which is the 43rd pick. So you're dropping back a little bit here. Uh, 13 spots and they also are offering you their fourth round which is 117 uh for the 30th pick so those are your offers that currently stand hey, i don't know man i don't yeah i don't I'm know good. if you could get i don't know if you could get either of those guards that we like you might be able to three, but you're taking one a of chance. the three yeah you're taking you're taking a really risk risky chance for a fourth rounder who is definitely no, i don't want to say definitely because you never know somebody who's very unlikely to play a significant role on the bills is going to be a fourth rounder this year if I really, yeah, if I really needed, if I was a team that was like really trying to fill my roster with like good depth guys, yeah, which I think the Bills already have, sure, I would move back a little bit. I think you, I would be happy taking Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, according to this board, he should be there. I'd be happy taking him. I'd be happy taking Melifonwu. I have second round grades on both of them. So like there's guys I'd be happy to settle for there and continue sure. to build my roster with extra picks. But I don't think the Bills are there. I think they can afford to say, no, we're going to take the best player available and make our already good roster good, better. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think the Bills. Those two trade offers that you got, I don't like. I don't think either of them are good enough. And the best thing about this is Caleb Farley has fallen to the Bills at thirty. So uh-huh. this, in my opinion, seems like a pretty easy one. Dickerson's still there. Uh, Jason Duwa's there. Um, let's see who else is there, just for the sake of it. Obviously, Wyatt Davis, and then everyone else you would expect to be here. Mac Jones is still here. So I, I guess there's a scenario where. Uh, you could go back to San Francisco and offer more and say, if you want Mac Jones to be your guy, you got to come up and get him at 30. I can't see Mac Jones going to 30, but if he does, I think somebody would be willing to come up with a better offer for that. But I'd be happy to walk away here with Caleb Farley at 30. I think I would run to the podium to take Caleb Farley. The only reason why I We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hesitate is just because I almost feel, even though the board played this way for us, I just almost feel like it's unrealistic. Like it ain't going to happen. Like I don't think this dude's falling to 30. I could be wrong. I don't but, know. Yeah, maybe. I think there's a, there's a scenario where somebody comes up and takes Asante Samuel Jr. early uh, and pushes one of the other corners back. I, I can see that. Or somebody falls in love with the kid from Kentucky uh, and, and that pushes one of the other guys back. That's totally reasonable, and it happens all the time. Uh, there could be some injury concern around the league, and the Bills don't feel that way. So there's some scenarios where it's possible that he's there. Um, if he's there, though, I agree. I think it's a pretty easy decision. Uh, to, to take him the economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news we dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the fed marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Yeah, bro. I think it's, uh, I think it's just, we got to go Caleb Farley here. He's too good of a player. He's a, he's a CB1 talent. Him and Trey White together uh, for the foreseeable future. I like that a lot. I like the guys you said too, but I think that's one of those where you make the pick and you move on to the next one, which by the way, our last mock, we did make a trade up. We went from, I think it was 61 to 51. We moved up 10 spots last time and we took uh, Gregory Rizzo, the defensive end from Miami. I got to tell you this, and, and this is a quick thought on defensive end that we really haven't discussed much. We keep worrying so much about the future, like, or 2022, because this is likely Jerry Hughes' last year. I'd say right. this is almost definitely Addison's last year. Here's a scenario because they do have. Um, F.A. Odaba, and they have A.J. Epinesa in year two. Here's a scenario. Let's worry about defensive end upgrades next offseason. Let's make sure. that a priority. Let's go drop some money on a free agent. Let's make a really high draft pick next year. So we right. don't necessarily have to take defensive end. I totally. say that because we're at picks, what, 61? I'm Not interested. Yet, yeah. or no, I know, but I'm saying in the second round for the Bills, yeah. 
if there's an opportunity there, like maybe if they get like halfway through the round and either Dickerson or the kid from Ohio State, I can't remember his name off the top of my head that you mentioned. Uh, what was it, Davis? Or, or what was the guy? Yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt Davis. Davis. Yep. Wyatt Davis. If one of them two were there, close in the middle of the second round, I'm, you know, when you get to like 45 to 50, I'd be very interested in trying to move up for one of them. So I must have just read your mind because I paused at 47 uh, because Wyatt Davis is right now the best player on the board in interior offensive line from Ohio State. He's the 45th ranked player. He's probably going to go soon. I think this is probably around the spot where you'd have to get up again. Sure. Jaguars at 45, Patriots at 46, and then uh, coming up to the Chargers. If the, I would suspect the Chargers want offensive line, but who knows how teams build. So he's definitely, uh, they might just say, no, thanks, we're going to take him. He's fallen to us. But if you want to trade out for him, now is your time. Rousseau's still here at 52. I agree with you. I don't think it's worth coming up in this draft that we're doing right now. But it, if you wanted to, now would be the time to have the conversation about Davis. Sante Samuel Jr. still on the board. He could fall to you. I know we just took a cornerback. I just said in the Cover 1 Slack channel today that there's a couple positions that if the board falls the right way in this draft that I don't mind a double dip. And cornerback is one of them. Like, I really have no problems. Like, I, I'm cool rolling into the season with Trey, Levi, and Taron Johnson with Dane Jackson competing with Levi. I'm cool with that. that. That is the floor of a really good defense. I still think it's cooler if they were rolling in with Trey, uh, Fairley, and Asante Samuel Jr. in the nickel slot like that's a, a better defense in my opinion so if it fell that way i wouldn't mind double dipping on a cornerback uh so that's where we're at right now and there's probably Especially if it's options. a corner who could play inside if it's a corner who could play in the slot then absolutely that's i don't even right. know that it's double dipping i almost feel like that's a position of its own you know so sure. yeah and you bring all these young guys in that this, the only problem is their contracts all come up at the same time and and that's something you have to deal with yeah. in the future but you get them all on rookie deals now as young talent that you can ride around for the next four or five years so I don't know. I think probably don't have to trade up for Wyatt Davis, but you could walk away from this draft with two starters. Absolutely. Probably. I think yeah. if you move up for a guard in round two, I'm highly convinced that he's a day one starter. Yeah. I, I've come, I've come full circle to agree with you about Feliciano. I really do. And the bills yeah. are signing a lot of guys that could be from camp. You know, a lot yeah. of free agents. I think, by the way, they signed like 12 free agents. I think all 12 of them got one year deals. Anyway, oh, yeah. Forrest, Forest Lamp is is not going to uh, prevent me from moving up and taking a guard. Maybe they'll unlock something in them, but I wouldn't bank on it. Right. Uh, well, what do you want to do here? You're you're in charge. I say, I mean, we could see what they'll take. We knew the last deals weren't going to be a good deal, so we could see just for the sake of the conversation here, what's it going to take to get to 45? Um, well, it took us a, it took us our our second, and it only took us a fifth to get to 51. I just don't see that being realistic. I yeah. mean, you're talking moving up 16 spots. I feel like that's going to be your second and your third. So let's see. Uh, we got to, if we give up our second and third, it's very likely. If we give up our second and a fifth, it's likely, according to this, if we give up our second, either one of the fifths. I would give up, even though it said likely already, if you wanted to make it a little more realistic, I would say the second and two fifths. Although even I don't think that's real, very realistic. I think more something more realistic would be a second and maybe a fifth and like a fourth next year or something like that. I just, a second and a fifth that doesn't really, I mean, a fifth is only worth like 25 draft value points. I mean, you're moving up a good 16 spots here. Yeah. If you did a future third or a fourth, that would work. 
We're making uh, this harder for ourselves, by the way. We could be taking advantage of the system right now. We could yeah. be finding loopholes, but we're not doing that. Well, and that's part of the problem, though, right? Is you see all uh, our peers and friends posting mock drafts. And again, like between the discrepancies and the variances and boards p- to the variances and values and the trades, and you see ones of trades, and it's like, dude, how did you get all that great haul? Because everyone's just posting the best outcomes and stuff like that. And then you look at the trades that they post, and it's like, well, that that's probably not really going to. Right what goes down here like it's fun to play with and fun to look at the options but a lot of times it's not realistic so i mean if you want to do the two fifths uh to make it more realistic or yeah. offer them the second and the third i mean it's your show uh i, I feel good i feel enough. good realistically speaking if i'm going by chart again i know draft value chart is not the end all be all but it's at least semi-realistic i feel good about offering the second a fifth and maybe a, a fourth next year i think that's a fair price to move up for 15, 16 spots in round two. Let's see. I'm sending the offer. Yeah. And they would have, for the record, they accepted. Right. Exactly. And now again, they would have accepted our offer. That would have been less, but probably whoever, what team is this that we're talking right now? Chargers. Charger. Whoever that uh, GM yeah. is, she, she, Tedesco, he, he should get shit canned if he accepted a second. If all it <laughs> took was two low fifths to give up, to go, go back 16 spots in round two, a potential starter. That GM should get fired. But anyway. Right, totally. So I took Wyatt Davis, uh, and we are rolling back towards where the Bills would be picking. So Asante said, good thing we didn't stay for a guy I would have been targeting there. Asante Samuel Jr. is off the board. We've already taken cornerback, so it's not the end of the world. I'm, again, I'm happy. I, I think this is actually a good trade when I'm looking at now how this is falling. So if we're going to go all the way to 61 here. So we wait to 61. And Rousseau goes at 60. Uh, Chargers take Brady Christensen with the pick the Bills had. And now you're sitting here, uh, Joseph Osei uh, out of Texas, which I know a lot of guys like. He's there, the edge. Um, Carlos Basham Jr., uh, Brevin Jordan, the guy that I'm not big on, Tommy Tremble. These are the top players sitting here waiting for you to take Milton Williams out of Louisiana tech interior defensive line. So I'm not, none of these guys are, I'm kicking myself that they were still available. At yeah. 60. I like the trade like, a lot. Okay, yeah, exactly. Same here. The only guy that maybe I'd be running up for here is Malafonwu. Uh, if we already didn't get Malafonwu is going to be an outside corner. So I think you're really just being redundant at that point. Uh, but that's a guy that if we missed on corner early, that's still there, but I'm pretty good. I don't know if there's any spots. I'm going to let this run. But we're out of picks for a while, so I don't know if there's any spots you want me to stop to try to see if we can come back into. No, I, I would we say just ride our, out to those last couple. Yeah, our next well, our next pick schedule I think would be what pick ninety one in round three, right? Uh, yeah, or ninety three I should say in round three, which we've went the first two mocks that we had we landed on Tyler Shelvin, defensive tackle from LSU, and then in our latest mock draft last week in the third round. Who did we get? We got Ben Cleveland, an interior lineman from Georgia. Good guy, but I like Wyatt Davis more, so I think we did the right thing there. I don't know. I think this becomes a legit BPA here. Okay. I'm okay with almost anything. I, I really am at this point. I'll tell you one sneaky thing, though. We've been addressing it in the fifth round, and maybe we will again. But Dean Marlowe left, and that's one position. Like, the Bills have lost one, signed one, lost one, signed one, kind of upgraded slightly. But safety is the one position this offseason where I think they lost a pretty good depth player in D. Marlowe. And to this point, they've done nothing to uh, to address right. that. So 
Let's right. keep our eyes on safety. Sure. Uh, so Chargers have offered you a trade. It is the 2021 third, which is number 97. So you're moving back four spots, right? Um, and then they would also give you their seventh, which is pick 240. So since the same thing you've been offered last time is just to move back and you get a seventh uh, and you'd move back four spots. I'm not interested in league picks this year because they ain't going to make the yeah. roster. I agree. <laughs> that's that's Unless so I'm I would, packaging I would... them for something else later, like moving it again. But so anyways, we're sitting here at 93. Uh, let's see who's available for the Bills at 93. Uh, Trey Sermon, if you wanted a running back, I don't want a developmental running back. They've got a couple of those. I'm good. Uh, personally, I'd rather uh, let Williams continue to develop, see what happens there. But I don't need that. Hunter Long, tight end out of Boston College, maybe uh, is an option here. Tight end's an option. Sure. Yeah. Ben Cleveland, interior offensive line out of Georgia, another guy I like. This is another position I said in the Slack channel. I don't hate double dipping. I don't mind pushing Cody Ford. Uh, maybe Ben Cleveland doesn't start now, but maybe pushes Cody Ford to either be a better player or eventually take his job. And then you have interior offensive line held down by two rookies for the next five years or four years. So not the worst idea in the world. Tyler Shelvin. Is still here, and I know people are sleep- are mad because supposedly he came in too, with too much weight and he's lazy and stuff like that. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to read into that draft stuff. What were you going to ask? There's a safety that I want to ask you about, and I'm going to butcher his last name, but I've read about him recently. Um, I think he's like in the 90s somewhere on the draft network uh, big board. Himsal Nasaril Dean, I can't pronounce his whole last name right, but he's Nasaril a safety Dean. from Florida State. Yeah, Nazarel yep. Dean. I've read about a lot. I've read a lot about him. He yeah. seems like a good fit, and I like him. Like, is he is he on the board or is he gone already? He's not. So he's gone to Miami uh, with pick eighty one. This is a player that he intrigues me in the sense I get what people like in the idea of a positionless type player that can be big nickel or big whatever you want to call him. I do like the idea. I don't know if. McBean and McDermott or Bean and McDermott are going to necessarily take a project on like that. Cause it's going to require some changing to, to how they operate. I think they're comfortable with some of the archetypes that they use and the defensive scheme that they use. And to add a sort of positionless player to it is tough. And I don't know if he's good enough to bend some of the stuff you do on defense to add him to it, but he's a hell of an athlete, man. And he is fun to watch. And I think he is the kind of player that maybe you just figure it out and see how it works. And if it doesn't work out, the bills aren't like, it doesn't ruin the future success of the bills. So it's, you know, a high risk, very high reward for it to pan out. Well, let me say this. We got, so we got a corner in the first round and we feel as long as he checks out health wise is a day one starter. And right. we got a guard in round two who will push for a starting role right away. If not become a starter, maybe to, that's not a lock or a guarantee, but he'll push. Sure. Round three, I'll tell you what, you're in charge here. Just pick the best guy. It, it doesn't even matter what position he plays, as long as it's not a quarterback, obviously, or a kicker sure. or a punter, wherever you think that this guy, you see a guy near the top that you like, regardless of the position. I think this is a position where the Bills should just grab a guy that they like a lot. And you're the GM of this team right now in this draft, so I'm going to leave that up to okay. you. Just pick your Let me take player. a look here. I think... Again, I don't hate this idea with Ben Cleveland sitting there of getting two guards. I think Bill's Twitter would hate it 
uh, going to interior offensive linemen, especially like you said, with how many guys were signed to sort of compete there. But again, those are one year deals. They could move on from those. That's more insurance going into the draft than it is. These are guys we're rolling into the season with. You're going to have to stop me from taking Tyler Shelvin again uh at 93 i know we've done it every time and that's probably going to piss people off but he's sitting there every single time i get to this pick and i am can't starlo tulule is a player i like a lot he hasn't played football in a year i don't know what he's gonna be coming back to he's an older guy he's towards that twilight of his career i don't know if he's gonna come back and be the player that he was maybe he does uh, if he gets hurt, this, the Bills are right really back to where they were a year ago, which is struggling and putting people that don't belong as a one-tech playing one-tech. And I think that there's a spot for a guy to develop behind Star. There's not a lot of these guys in this draft. So I'm good with taking it. What do you think? I like that. We've taken him twice. Right. I think it's a good spot. I think it's a good fit. I think late third round is a guy who's going to get time to develop. I don't think the expectation is going to be too much. Like, say, right. when Ed Oliver was a top 10 pick, his expectations were kind of through the roof. In some ways, unfair right away. That's not going to be the case with a guy like Shelvin. He can take his time and develop. He's a guy totally. who maybe does a little something this year, but that's more about the future, and I think that's a great spot. So I like that pick. Yeah. And in. I'm going to go under the assumption, I know it was a Dane Bulger, I think is how you say his name, from The Athletic. He's a great draft guy. He puts out a great draft guide. And I think in his guide, I haven't read it yet, but... Somebody had pointed to that there was concerns about Shalvin and his uh, inability to manage his own weight and if he's got what it takes to be in the league. This is one of those things where I know people hate talking about it, but culture and some of those things work out where you can take a little bit of risks on guys and hope that you get them into your building and that your leadership uh, in the building and that the way you do things in your building, they either stick or they're gone. And that guys are going to come in and be like Sean McDermott talks about the best version of themselves. They're going to find guys that do that. So if they take him, I'm convinced that they don't believe in any of those rumors. If they don't, and he does fall in this draft, then that, then I'll believe those rumors are true, but I'm not going to believe any draft day sneaky rumors like that until I see the way the board falls. I know what the film says about this player. I know what this player looks like and I can picture him like we talked about coming into the defense, that's all I need. The other stuff is kind of fodder that we won't find out until after the, the fact. No, it's funny. I have Dane's uh, PDF downloaded on my computer, but I haven't had a chance to really examine and look at it yet either. I plan yeah. on it at some point. But all right, all right, so now we got our first three. We went corner, we went interior offensive line, we went defensive tackle. I like all three Are we just staying put the rest uh, of this time? Or is there, you want me to keep an eye on anything? Eh, no, I think we're BPA at this point. We're going to the fifth, okay. and um, the only guy I will suggest in the fifth, I don't know if it's pick, We I know we traded one of our two fives um, to move up in round two, so I don't know if it's 161 or 174 that we traded away. So anyway, the Bills are at one, yeah, one, Bills are at 174, so we're, we're still there for picking. Here is a spot that I would move up if we wanted to. Ellerson Smith is uh, a guy that I think is a right around the fifth round. I would we take took him, him in round first. two. Huh? I mean, I'm sorry. We took him in our not round two. We took him in version two of our mock draft. Yes, we took Addison yes, right. Smith. That's a man from Northern is, Iowa. Well, I'm saying I'll pick 158. Paused. I don't think you have to get to 158, but this is a guy that I wouldn't mind. And also, I, uh, Rashad Weaver is a guy that I think could be a pretty good rotational defensive end in the NFL. And I, I think I would love to get one of those in the fifth round. And he's sitting there. Uh, so. 
in the next few picks, this would be a spot I'd come up and do an edge. Either of those guys right now, if they got a chance to be somebody, I'd give up the fifth and then the sixth too. I'd give up our five because we, and our six to be able to move up and, and get one of those two guys. I like Ellerson Smith. I mean, you talked me up on him before two weeks ago. They're still on the board at 164. I'm just going to let it go a little bit longer. Be oh, careful. Yeah. We got beat with this last week. Uh, Weaver is gone. So Weaver's off the board for sure. You better go, you better go get Ellerson. If you Ellerson can. is still there. Uh, he is the fourth best rated player on their board. And the Bills are five picks away. Nah, I'm telling you, I'd, I'd move. I'd give up that seventh or Browns are the pick. They've taken an edge, so they're definitely not taking. So I could wait till after them, or I could just go up and get it. So I'm offering my fifth for theirs and a seventh. Yeah, move up four spots. Yeah, I don't want to take an extra player anyway. The more of these I can unload, the better. We've discussed that, and I agree. Seven. I'll give them the six just to save on the paperwork, man. What did they say about the fifth and the seventh? Yeah, so we're good. We're here and we can take Ellerson Smith. Now, how many spots did we move up? So we the Bills moved from what? What is it? Uh, they had 174 yep. and they moved up to 169. So five spots and we gave up um, We gave up a seventh. The seventh, yeah. Okay, so we're only going to have one more one pick, pick, which is good. Six-round pick. We're and we're taking Ellerson Smith. Defensive end. Yep. I like it, man. I like it. We've, I don't, again, this was not pre-planned. We, I don't think we go into any of our drafts completely pre-planned, at least not no. maybe beyond the first round pick, but um, we've went de- defensive heavy again. And and I'm, I'm, look, I'm good with that. I'm not, I'm not mad about that whatsoever. Not mad about that whatsoever. Yeah. So right now an update yeah, as we're waiting for this pick uh, and I'm just going to let it play through. Obviously I'm not going to go dip into the future to move up at this point. Uh, we've gotten, Caleb Farley at 30th, Wyatt Davis at 47th, Tyler Shelvin at 93rd, and then Ellerson Smith at 169. And we are on the clock. Uh, a guy I really like here, uh, Cornell Powell, is sitting there for Clemson, the wide receiver. I think this could be a sneaky, good late-round pick. We've taken him. We got him in round seven in our, our second. That's right. Uh, our second. But, hey, things change, by the way. These these rankings change a lot. I've noticed Landon Dickerson, for an example, he went from the 60s to the 30s oh, in just like two weeks. Yeah, so they changed what, what all the time. What we did a few weeks ago doesn't mean a month. It doesn't uh, mean much. Totally. Absolutely. They change all the time. And we did a, a mock draft uh, with Christian Page and Russell Brown from Cover One. And if people love draft stuff, make sure you're following those guys there, Cover One. They do a draft podcast for Cover One, and they do a lot of our – yeah, they, they do great stuff, interviews with prospects. These guys know what they're talking about much more than Greg and I do in terms of watching film on prospects. And Ross was pounding the table for Cornell. He really sold me. I was It's a prospect I liked and, and all that, and he really sold me on Cornell Powell. And since then, I've been I've been plucking him in the sixth uh, when I can get him. So he's sitting right there. I'd be happy to take him. Cole Beasley ain't getting any younger. Emmanuel Sanders definitely ain't getting any younger either. They're both good players and still have good mileage left on them. Like we're no pal. Go for a year or two, uh, back those guys up. So that's our pick. Cornell Pal out of uh, Clemson. So that this is probably our best draft doing this. This is this scenario. is the first draft. This is the first draft we've done out of four now where and I've come around on all of them, but this is the first one I've done where my knee jerk instant reaction is I like it a lot. Yeah. Because I think you got 
I think he got two starters. I think he got a rotational player right away with the third rounder. Um, Allison Smith is a nice developmental guy, and I think that's a great spot for him. And Cornell Powell, eh, sure. not much this year, but he might have a future. Maybe, maybe in the future, maybe not. Who cares? Like, yeah. Right. All right, let me recap for everybody exactly how this played out. We ended up staying at 30 in round one. We took Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech to corner. Round two, we moved up from 61 to 47. So 14 spots with the Chargers. We gave up our second, a fifth, and a fourth rounder next year. And we grabbed Wyatt Davis, interior lineman from Ohio State. Round three, we stood pat. For the third time in four mocks, we took Tyler Shelvin, a defensive tackle from LSU. With our fifth rounder, we moved up five spots from 174 to 169. And we took Ellison Smith, a defensive end from Northern Iowa. And then with our last pick in this mock anyway, pick 213 overall, Cornell Powell, a receiver from Clemson. Yeah, I like it, man. Yeah, I do too. And just for those who want to know the players that the other teams took. So in the trade for Wyatt Davis, gave up that second rounder and the fifth rounder, and then obviously the 2022 fourth rounder, which we don't know who they will take there. Uh, but the Chargers took Brady uh, Christensen, the offensive tackle out of BYU with the 61st pick, and then Charles Snowden, a linebacker out of Virginia with 161. I have no idea. Uh, I'm fine. They didn't take anyone that would have been there that I wanted. Uh, then the Browns with pick, fifth round pick, 174, took Joshua Bledsoe, safety out of Missouri. And with the seventh round pick, they took Grant Stewart. Probably a guy that's going to be on the practice squad. So I'm not missing anything that we lost. No. And again, I, I could see, I always try to imagine, even if I love something, I try to picture Blake devil's advocate, what people will say, sure. don't like it. And you could say that you, you didn't give Josh Allen any new weapons. I would disagree because I think a quality guard is a weapon in a way. It's going to mm-hmm. make the running game better, might make the pass protection better. So I don't agree with that. And the other thing is defensive end. But I mean, this is a pattern that we have went over time and time again on this podcast. The Bills are going to have to move up if they want one of those top three or four guys. I don't know that they should. If the board would play out like this, and even if, by the way, let's pretend Farley didn't fall and we took Asante Samuel Jr. at 30, I'd still be happy with this draft, the way everything else panned out, 100%. I might be happier with Asante Samuel Jr. because of his versatility and lack of injuries. I I know I said earlier that I don't know. I usually go into these, and I did with this, assuming that the injuries are cleared. Uh, But you don't know that. We don't know. And I would would trust that the Bills organization. But if Farley falls to 30, I think that increases my concern that other teams – believe that the injury is something Uh, I think that he goes before that otherwise and and so I would be more secure almost with Samuel knowing that there that history isn't there and and you could roll with him so I'd be fine with that too my biggest takeaway from version four of this mock are two guys that I considered second rounders through and through when we first started this process which is Landon Dickerson and Samuel I now think that those are guys that could be late first rounders that very much not only should be in play for Buffalo, but would be really good fits too. Yeah, I know you I don't think I think Wyatt Davis is a guy that I'd be this is the the what I take from this draft is all this is kind of bogus and how we do some of the the mock draft things because this is a guy, Wyatt Davis, who I'd be happy to take with the 30th pick. So it's crazy to me that he would be there uh, for a trade up at 47. 
he's as good as I think he is. And this maybe this is why I'm not an NFL scout and I'm sitting just doing podcasts and stuff. But I think he's a guy that can come in and start in the league on most offensive lines. I think he's probably going to be at least an average interior offensive lineman. I would take him at 30. So to get him in the second round and walk away with what I perceive to be two starters, that's all I want out of this draft, Pat, man. Like, the Bills don't need this draft to work out. I don't need pick 30 to work out, but I'd love to leave this draft with two starters on an already good team. You're just adding them for free because you happen, you just have the picks and you're adding two starters for free. It's fantastic. And this is a great position for the Bills to be in. This is the first time in my adult life that I've been in a position where the draft picks, they could bust. And it doesn't, I'm not sure it affects the 2021 Bills. Like they could be total bust and the Bills, I still think, should make the AFC Championship game this year but if they're good whoo i don't know i don't know what we can do if they're good pat <laughs> i hear you man all right everyone give aaron a follow on twitter at aaron quinn 716 check out the cover one podcast he does with greg Thompson, and also go to cover one.net they kick ass when it comes to coverage more shit than you can even begin to handle man those guys are real pros Make sure you're following the at cover one Twitter handle. We got our Twitter handle back. Yeah. It's been down for a while. It was a freaking pain in the ass, Pat. Pain in the ass, but we're back. And when we came back, though, it looked like the follower count was down a little bit when they unlocked the account. So if you're not following uh, cover one, make sure you were uh, because I, I think it unfollowed for some people because a bunch of people hit us up. So make sure you're following. Thanks, guys. I will be back with a new show on Friday, Casual Friday. I'm going to have Del Reed, and I'll actually be in Buffalo, so I'm going to get a chance to sit down with Del Reed. I'll be at the offices of 26 Shirts. Very much looking forward to that. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.